Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Kenneth Wu. He's the CEO of Milk and Eggs, and the website is milkandeggs.com, local farms and food delivered. So, Kenneth, how are you? Very good. Great to be on. Yeah. So tell me about uh, the premise behind Milk and Eggs. What led you to uh, to come to the idea and to create the company, and then what's the company about? Sure, absolutely. So uh, we're to put it kind of in the most simple way, we're an online farmer's market. Um, with a delivery arm. So we'll get essentially, um, imagine uh, when a customer is placing an order for uh, apples, oranges, or carrots, um, that those oranges or apples are sitting in a farm on a tree somewhere, uh, or that bread that you ordered is, is still, hasn't been baked and still sitting in its kind of raw form. Um, what we'll do is um, after that, that order is placed, um, hand it off to the vendor, the vendor will turn around uh, and hand it back to us within 24 hours. And then we'll then, in turn, uh, get it delivered from essentially our aggregation center to your house uh, in, in five hours. So what we call ultra-fresh, ultra, fresh, ultra, um, uh, ultra I don't want to say premium because premium makes it sound expensive, but it is a very special type of experience. So it's um, super fresh, super convenient, and delivered to your door. That's kind of what we, what we do. Um, Okay. Sorry to answer your second question. Uh, how this got started, it was, so I've been in e-commerce for about 15 years now, 16 years. Um, and uh, four years ago, uh, my wife and I had our second second child. And, uh, you know, of course, I had been in e-commerce for, for so long. I was very used to kind of the conveniences of, of kind of the online world. So right. I remember helping out and I had ordered some diapers online. I ordered some um, some clothes online. And I ordered a, ordered a TV online, uh, and it was all to be delivered, you know, the following week or the next day. Um, and I thought, okay, I'd help out with ordering some food online. And I was really surprised and astonished that at the time, four years ago, there was no, there was nothing, there was no options at all whatsoever. This is pre Instacart, pre, you know, DoorDash and, and Postmates and kind of all this other stuff that happened within the last four four years or so. Um, right. So it was really surprising for me, uh, and it took a couple of years. I really wanted to make sure that we structure the company or, or model in a manner that wouldn't be competing directly against uh, Walmart or uh, Whole Foods or, or Kroger or any of these other kind of national grocers. Because um, we really need to have a unique model and and have a value prop that was um, you know beneficial for not only the customers. Um, but also for the farmers as well. Gotcha. So, all right. So, what can you get delivered through milk and eggs? You know, what's what's the full product line look like? Yeah, sure. So, um, great question. So, we essentially focus on just the perishables. That's really kind of our niche and, and where we want we want to be kind of market leaders on. So, we only do if you think of kind of when you go into a supermarket um, and the, the the layout and the footprint of a supermarket. We do what uh, is referred to as the perimeter aisles. Um, mm. which if you walk in on the front left, uh, usually every supermarket's almost kind of similar, but front left is all the produce, the fruits and vegetables. Um, you keep for heading down uh, to the back left corner is usually kind of the dairy, 
uh, eggs, milk, cheese, right, in the back left corner. You have some juices as well, um, some refriger refrigerated or perishable juices. Um, and then back right corner is usually where the meat department is, where the proteins are. Mm -hmm. So for the seafood, meats, beef, poultry. And then the front right, um, when you circle all the way back around, is where the perish uh, sorry the perishable kind of baked goods are. So kind of bread, pasta, I'm sorry, bread, pastries, um, kind of where all the carbs are. So it's kind of a carb section. So we do all the print of our products, and that's the only thing we focus on. We we really kind of stay away from what we call center aisle products, which is kind of the middle stuff, um, which Box usually stuff, is yeah. yeah yeah correct. All the prepackaged, all the um, all the chips, soda, flour, um, you know, toilet paper, paper towels. We stay away from mm. all that stuff. Well, one thing I've noticed, you know, I've used some of these uh, these companies like Instacart, et cetera, and, you know, they don't do well with the fresh stuff. You know, you're, I think that's why it may be a good niche for you. Like, they don't, you know, let's say I want avocados. They don't care. They just give you whatever. They, You know, if they're rock hard, they give them to you. Well, you get bananas, <laughs> you know, if they're black with mold all over them, they don't care. They just throw them in the cart, you know. I'm ex exaggerating right. a bit, but they don't give you the good stuff. They just get whatever is there, you know. And I want someone right. to shop for me and give me the good stuff. You know, the good-looking right. blackberries, the good-looking, you know, produce or meats or whatever. I don't want the garbage, you know? So right. is that part of your premise? Is there any curation on what you guys pick up from the stores or from the farmers? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the big thing for us. So because we're um, essentially an online marketplace, right? So imagine like Etsy or eBay um, or like even Uber, to some extent, is a marketplace, right? We're there to connect, right, the farmers and the customers together, right? We're that centerpiece. So we're disintermediating all the middle steps, like the distribution, the, the warehousing, um, the additional distribution or DC for the supermarkets, and also disintermediating the supermarket as a whole, right? The real estate and all the merchandising and manpower that goes into kind of stocking those shelves and then, you know, keeping them look, looking pretty and then having a customer come by and pick it up uh, anywhere from a day to three weeks later, right? So we cut all of that out. With the goal of being the, the farmer is the one representing the products, right? So they have an incentive, they're incentivized to make sure that the product they give us looks good for them. So the strawberries, right. the blueberries that you're referring to, yeah, they give us the good stuff, right? The better stuff because they know that their name is on the website. That product represents their brand. So, yes, so one is fresher because it never went through this whole supply chain and end up in kind of the supermarket and sit there for who knows how long um, and get moldy or bruised or beat up uh, or handled so many different times at, all, all along the way. But two, it's that it's actually represent, representative of what the farmer provides. So it's a good product. It's the product that they right. want to give. It's the product that, and we QC it, we quality control it on the way in as well. So it's really important that uh, that's the quality aspect is a huge, huge point. And that's, thanks for bringing that up. It's, it's kind of like early on. That's one of our main focuses. Yeah, I'm just telling you as a consumer, that's what I noticed. Um, so <laughs> it sounds like this is like farmer's market to you. That yes, like no, that's exactly line, it. I guess, right? Absolutely. Yes, correct. You got it. Dead on. So we, we, we call cool. it that's good. online online farmers market delivered, right? But that's one of our slogans that we use sometimes depending on our target demographic. But yeah, absolutely. That's, okay. that's you got it. What if um you know what if I don't know what to get? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of produce and a lot of stuff and you know, I don't know, I'm hungry and I want stuff to make dinner a few times this coming week. Well I just don't know. You know, like do you have um uh, 
pre-made baskets of stuff where you pick it and, you know, I tell you what I want or you guys pick it or is there a theme? You know, do you do anything like that for people that don't know or want to be surprised, you know, and get like a weekly box of stuff that, you know, chef's choice or something, that kind of thing? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we, we offer all of the above that you mentioned. So in addition to what we call the just the, the standard products that we offer, um, we have uh, curated boxes, uh, whether it be a farm box or be a seasonal box or a we have a new mom box. Um, we have an office meeting box. Um, these kind of all kind of essentially aggregated or curated uh, product selections for uh, customers. And then on top of that, we have um, meal kits, uh, so semi-prepped meal kits that are specifically generated by um, local LA influencers that are authorities within either nutrition or health or fitness and any of these sort of kind of um, sort of product verticals or, or authority circles of influence. So they say, okay, I believe that if you know, you're going to be on a Whole30 diet, these are kind of two meals that I might go to for a Whole30 Whole30 diet. And they'll tell us what the ingredients are. We'll put together the, the, the package or the meal. Um, and you can order that as well. So it's totally whatever you feel up to. So we have kind of the whole spectrum in that regard. Okay, interesting. And hey, where are you guys deployed? What cities and what areas can you get uh, milk and eggs from? Correct, great. So we're two years old right now. So we're only cur- currently in LA and Orange County. We're planning on this, uh, expanding out to another city next year. Well, actually, two cities, one in, one in Q1 and one in Q4. So um, hopefully we'll be in uh, a city near you soon, if you're not, well, whoever, right, if you're not already in L.A. Orange County. Right, okay, I got you. So what's the plan over the next six months or a year? What's the expansion plan? Absolutely. So goal right now, um, we're in October, so the goal is to finish out, uh, finish the year strong. Uh, we just closed a round of funding um, last month. So now that we have that, we're going to close out the year strong, finish up Q4, Q1, we're ramping up to already. We've already done some diligence. I can't tell you what city we're going into yet, um, but uh, hopefully it'll be uh, in the news soon. Uh, but uh, Q1 will be our next city, and then Q4 of next 2019 will be our, our third city. Cool. Okay. So what's, um, what are some comments from customers? What do they say that they like about the service or that, you know, what's different about it or unique? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So um, you know, we really focus on the local artisanal products, uh, whether it be local farms or artisanal foods. So one of the one of the common comments that we get is that they love the ability to have access to this food that they normally don't have access to. Right? Some people are not located next to a farmers market, um, and even if they are, they you know not all the kind of like Bread Lounge is one in LA that's a really famous brand. Um, they're in downtown LA. They're a well-known bakery, and they've uh, opened up a little sandwich shop to make uh, to make sandwiches with their breads with. Um, but really, they're only located here in LA and um, or downtown LA. And the only way to get it is if you go to downtown LA. Uh, they're at one farmers market in downtown LA, and that's it. So, really, anyone outside of kind of the downtown area doesn't have access to to Bread Lounge, right? Um, same thing for we have a, a, a Mediterranean vendor that does amazing hummus, um, pita bread, pita chips, all sorts of kind of different yogurts um, uh, and, and unique uh, breads. And really, uh, you know, again, no access to these guys unless you go to uh, one of the farmer's markets that they happen to go to. And 
you know, people's schedules get busy, right? So one, they love the fact that they have access to different types of food that they normally don't have access to or can't get to unless they make a long trip. Uh, second most common feedback is they love the amazing quality of the food, the freshness and the quality. You know, we get comments all the time that say, oh my gosh, like I, I can't even find apples this large or this good in the supermarket. Like it just, it's not here anywhere that I can find, right? Unless I go to some high-end premium um, supermarket like Gelson's or, or um, uh, you know, Whole Foods, maybe not even. Uh, but a lot of them really, a lot of the customers say that really our quality of food is better than Whole Foods or, you know, it's great. definitely better than Kroger and the place, the supermarket they usually go to. Yeah, looking at the site, I see you have grass-fed beef, you have like all kinds of really cool stuff. That's great. Yeah. Correct. Making me hungry to look at this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Trust me. When I when I'm working all the time, I, I get I look at all these pictures and I look at all the meals that the meal kits that come through and I look at the social media and I'm just like, God, I'm just constantly hungry all day. It's amazing. Um and there's just so much good food out there, you know? Really, especially on the on the on the kind of homemade or self prep side. And it doesn't have to be hard, right? A lot of the stuff is really simple, but it's amazing how mm. some of the stuff just looks so good, really. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, that's well, really cool. What about, um, you know, from what I've learned, I don't know, 40% of all food, maybe even 50% gets it's thrown out, you know, like these large grocery stores, they don't want to put out stuff with spots, you know, they don't want to put out stuff that has, is blemished. So from the time that food goes from a farm to a store, a lot of it gets thrown away. Yeah. Since you're, you know, you're, you're not getting stuff from stores, you're getting it mostly from, you know, the farmers directly. I don't know. Are you able to access different levels of produce that people can opt in for? Like what if, what if someone says, Hey, I'm okay with blemishes and all that. I just like yeah. the fact that it comes directly from a farm. I want that. You know, do you like, how does this change what you do? Perfect. You know, again, another great question. Um, there are multiple levels of food waste all along the supply chain. And we're, really keyed in onto that and we really think that's really important um, it's definitely one of the value props that we we offer so there's two main areas of food waste one directly at the farm level so there is about 30 to 40 percent um, of the product that's farmed that's what they call aesthetically challenged right just never makes it into the, to the supply chain <laughs> at all right um, so you know uh, one of the Key players in the space is Imperfect Produce. They try to do that. There's another um, another one that just got funded recently, and they they focus more on the B2B side as opposed to the B2C side, because it totally makes sense, right? So if you're in a restaurant, there's no reason why they need to have perfect looking product because they're just chopping it up and cutting it up and putting it into um, you know into some dish, right? Where it really aesthetically is invisible to the end consumer, right? So there's a large portion of that that goes to waste, 30, 40% of everything that's farmed, which a lot of water, all this other stuff that goes into it, really it's just, it's a big drain and big burden on our ecosystem um, and, and, and our, our environment. So really, if there's a lot of room for improvement there. There's another stage, the second stage that there's a lot of food waste that happens, which is essentially uh, in the supply chain. So as things get either expire, go, kind of, um, go to waste or kind of get damaged along the way. Um, there's about 10, anywhere from 5 to 15%, but about 10% on average, um, that go to waste, right? So in total, it's about 50%. So for every apple that you see on a shelf in a supermarket, you know, there's another one that essentially got thrown away, right? So it's 
Yeah, it's a, a one-for-one ratio, right? So for every 100 apples we sell, 100 go to waste, right? Just literally just go to waste. So we, we try to help on both of those fronts. Um, on the first stage, we have what we call um, – uh, we call it juicing product, right? Or, or aesthetically challenged products, right? So we have juicing carrots, we have juicing apples, juicing oranges. They may have some blemishes or scars on them, but you're throwing them into a blender. So who cares, right? So that's one side. Um, and that is on phase one because we get that from the farmers directly. So we ask them specifically for what they call type two or type three products, right? So tier two or tier three products. So give us your product, we'll sell it for you as well. Um, obviously, it's at a discount to the consumers, uh, not at a premium. Because if, if, like Imperfect Produce on their end, they, they do it kind of at market value. Um, so there's a, there's a great margin, but you know, there's a great economics to them for their model. Uh, but overall, it's for a good purpose, right? So people, people will do it. Um, so for yeah. us, we do it with a discount. You, know, you want to buy something aesthetically challenged, you, you don't care about how it looks, great. We have that as well. And then two, on the food waste side, um, in what you call shrink, um, kind of in the supply chain, we don't we have that almost down to 0%. Because essentially everything we get in our warehouse goes out the same day. So everything is same day in, same day out, what we call a same day fresh. Right? So again, the apple that you ordered wasn't trucked in from you know, overseas somewhere, sitting on you know, a ship, then on a boat, then in a warehouse, then in another truck, then another warehouse, and then in a store, and then sits there and then for you to pick it up. Um, it goes directly from the farm to the customer. So the shelf life essentially is non-existent, right? There's no shelf life. It comes in, goes out to the door, uh, you know, within a matter of hours. So it's there's no sort of waste in the fact that it, it, it expired or went bad. What would you say is the average amount of time that uh, that food sits, you know, from the time that uh, it's farmed and, and picked till it gets to you, oh. you know, when it's in, in the store? Oh, for us, yeah. So sometimes it depends. Like on the breads, it literally sits there for an hour. So it gets baked, gets dropped off at 1 a.m. We get it turned around in, in a customer's door uh, by 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. Mm. Um, so it's it's like on the shelf, it's less than an hour, right? Uh, same thing for the pastries and the bagels and the English muffins. Those, oh my gosh, if I I I don't know if you've ever had a fresh bagel before. Um, but that for me was like life changing. I've had lots of bagels in my life. <laughs> once I had a fresh bagel, it was like, oh, it's all over. That was amazing. Um, oh. But yeah, correct. So it's it's the bread sit there for. Well, like from New York, so so yes, I have, and they're really good. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, I I, I was just there in New York uh, yesterday, actually. Um, so it was great. In New York, I think you get these fresh bagels. It's amazing. But in other parts of the country, here in LA, it's I mean, you get a bagel, it's, it's you know, it's okay, right? But you have yep. a fresh bagel and it's amazing. It's it's really, it's like oh my gosh, what have I been eating this whole time? Obviously not fresh mm-hmm. bagels because it didn't taste like this, right? So, um, but anyways, yeah. So so on the bread side, it's definitely definitely very short. Um, some stuff like oranges, apples, you know, they probably were plucked about 24 hours ago, you know, 16 hours ago, uh, harvested about 16 hours ago. So they come off the tree, get into a truck. Farmer has you know essentially 12 hours to turn it around and, and drop it off at our warehouse. Um, then we have, you know, a matter of a few hours to get it picked, packed and sorted into a bag and then dropped off in a customer's store. But how does that compare to, um, you know, something I'll get from the grocery store? How much longer does it take to get? Oh, to sure. It? Absolutely. Is what you do? So, um, so we'll pick like tomatoes, for example. So tomatoes, um, you know, a lot of that is grown overseas. Um, 
and, and to some extent, our products are as well, depending on what, what, what it is. Like pineapples, unfortunately, don't grow in California. Um, so that kind of, you know, and same thing for Hawaiian papayas. You know, we can't, you know, Hawaiian papaya isn't a Hawaiian papaya if it's not from Hawaii, right? So, um, so some, some of our products are, but generally in a supermarket, the supply chain is much, much longer. So it comes anywhere from, let's say, from um, uh, like South America or Mexico or even from across the country, from um, Florida, and you'll, or you know, some of the Sun Belt states. So they'll travel, the main thing is it travels in a truck thousands of miles or in a ship. And that time is anywhere from, you know, days to weeks. I mean, it, it, can, it can be quite extensive. Um, and there's definitely this uh, decre- depreciating value, nutritional value as it sits uh, once it's been harvested. So you want to try to eat something as fresh as possible. Um, like our spinach, uh, ours come from here in California. It's just south coast of California, uh, either Orange County or Central Coast, which is about an hour, hour, two hours away from us. So that comes down, it's two hours fresh, uh, just got harvested that morning, gets on a truck, gets to our door by that night, and we turn around and deliver it to a customer's door the following morning. So it's, again, same thing. Uh, that we, it's what we call same-day fresh. Right, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's totally different, different supply chain, different everything uh, from like a grocery store. So that sometimes for for their spinach may take weeks to days to weeks at least. So there's there's definitely a difference there. What if uh, what about out of season stuff? You know, stuff that'll come from South America, or other places. Do you not even carry it because you don't go to grocery stores? So we have a we have a mixed approach. Um, you know, we did a little bit of research on this, and, and that's a great question. So some customers really just want to have the availability of some of these products, even though it's not in season or kind of local. So we have these little tags on them that say uh, for the products, if it's in season, if it's local, um, where it's from, so that the customer knows where they're, what they're buying and when they're buying it. So same thing for, let's say, like tomatoes, when it is in season and we're buying it locally, it'll say local, whatever, you know, from whatever farm it, it, it's from. And then as that comes out of season, that product will come off the website, a new product will come back in that's from, let's say, uh, Mexico instead of, instead of, let's say, California. Uh, so it's, it's generally as close as possible. The idea is full transparency. The goal is to be fully local. But we understand sometimes that's just not realistic for some consumers uh, because they want to have tomatoes year round, right? So uh, instead of just kind of hiding it and making it um, kind of invisible, we, we want to be completely upfront and transparent about it to the, to the consumer. So they know what they're buying, when they're buying, and it's really a choice of theirs. Um, and it's, if they want to get something that's totally local and something that's same day fresh, that's, you know, really that's the majority of the time. Uh, but on the off chance that it's not available or it's not in season, they have the choice. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's excellent. Well, I'm hungry and it uh, sounds good. And I wish you were here in Austin, Texas, where I'm at, but uh, hopefully soon. So, um, absolutely. So the areas that you're in right now, what cities are you in and uh, how can people find you? Great. Perfect. So we're in LA, Orange County. Uh, we cover most of LA, Orange County. They can find us online at milkandeggs.com. Um, or find us uh, on social media as well on Facebook, Instagram, um, as, and YouTube. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Kenneth, I appreciate you coming on and uh, great concept. Keep it going. And, uh, you know, it sounds good. Wonderful. Richard, it was a pleasure being on. It was great chatting with you and uh, um, look forward to, uh, to, uh, to hearing more about how things are going on your end. That's great. 
You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.